Okay, we can start whenever you're good. Okay. Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am Monica and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Glenn. Hi, hi guys. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about, uh, so here's the thing, it's a little different today. Uh, we did have a podcast last week, so sorry about that. Uh, you know, life got busy, things got mm. in the way, but we're back at it again. And today we're going to be talking about stuff we found on my Netflix list. Because honestly, like, I didn't have any ideas for the podcast and, and Glenn was traveling. So I was like, you know what, let's just pick something off my Netflix list and then watch it. Because everyone's Netflix list is a mess. Yeah, you know. speaking of which, no, 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 no. do you want to inform the audience how many titles are on your Netflix list? Okay, so I have, <laughs> I have 190 <laughs> titles on my Netflix list. That's just because my Netflix account, it's very old, right? I've had this account since I was 18. I'm 23 now. So this is five years of me going through Netflix, seeing something I would want to watch, putting it on my list, and, and then never watching it. it. And then never watching it. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there are some stuff I have knocked off of my list, like Mindhunter, I finally finished that, and some other things, but a lot of stuff may just be on there forever. Because I was looking through my list for this preparation to the podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, some of these things I'm not just going to, I'm just not going to watch, because my interests have changed over the years, and like, I no longer care about half the things that are on this list. And I don't have the time to like, take everything off the list and like, make it, uh, no, no one has time for that, so... Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about stuff we picked off my Netflix list. But before we get into that, we're going to do our first segment of the podcast, which is I Can't Wait to Watch, which is when we talk about TV shows or movies that we cannot wait to see that are about to come out. And one that has come out now that I can't wait to watch is Eternals. Oh. I think it's in theaters right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. I have to find time to watch it because I've, I've been working a lot. And the only times I can see it are either like early in the morning or really late at night. Mm -hmm. And I don't like going out after I, I get off of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to find a Monday or another day I'm off Ooh, yeah. to go see it. Um. So I did watch it. I'm going to say a few things. No spoilers, obviously, because mm -hmm. uh, like it just came out. But a few things. One. I enjoyed it. That's all I'm going to say. I enjoyed it. Okay. There was some stuff that did that I wasn't a huge fan of, but there was stuff that did that I was like, oh, this is really good. Oh, Marvel hasn't done this before. Oh, this seems like new material. So very happy about that. Um, I will say also a lot of people were worried that it was going to do really bad. And it's actually doing like really good. It's had, I think it was the fifth highest box office like opening weekend of any movie since the pandemic. So, mm -hmm. you know, like in perspective, like obviously not as good as like Marvel's previous titles, but like with the world the way it is, it's still doing extremely well. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Also, um, um, sorry, one last thing. I went to see it at like eleven forty-five on a Sunday morning, and I live in like the middle of nowhere. Like my, like I live. There's a hundred and fifty thousand people here, but this is also the biggest city in the entire state. Like North Dakota is just doesn't have very much population. But when I went in that random early morning time on Sunday, every single seat was filled. Basically, every single seat in that entire theater was filled. I was wow. like, oh my gosh. So people are coming back and seeing this again. Okay. Because there's no way that this is everyone's first time seeing it. A Sunday morning when it's been out for like two, three days. No, mm -hmm. 
there will return viewers. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But that sounds great. You know, like obviously, if you live on the internet, you would think that people like hate the movie, mm-hmm. but it's a Marvel film. Like, no one, even if it's not like not every Marvel film is going to be Civil War. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're all good. Unfortunately. Don't remind <laughs> me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but they're all like they're all pretty good. And I knew Turtles was gonna be pretty good. I haven't seen it yet though. I'm very excited to see it. I have very high hopes for it. And so far a lot of people, a lot of my friends who have seen it really mm. liked it. And I can't wait to see Dune either. I'm gonna uh, see it this week. <laughs> do you honestly do you, do, okay? Um, so here's the thing. So I think we've talked about this before, but I watched Dune um, and like I had read the book before and I enjoyed the book and I do enjoy the movie, um, but obviously it's like the first half of the story because like Dune is a huge book. Like there's no way they could fit that into one movie. Yeah. Um, the problem is just Zendaya. Well, maybe <laughs> just wait until next week when we do talk about it. Oh, that's right. Go into detail about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else are you, in, are you excited for? Okay, can't so... I can't believe that these weren't on my radar. Maybe it's just because I haven't been to a movie theater in a while, so I haven't like been seeing trailers. But there's two things that are now on my radar that I hadn't even heard of before, and now I feel bad. Um, one of them is, I think it's Disney and Pixar collaboration, um, Encanto. Uh, Encanto. I'm not... Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I, I seen like a poster for it a while ago, but I forgot all about it but yeah i saw a trailer for it and it looks really fun and peppy and festive um it's a it's it's for sure disney like i said i just don't know if, don't know if it's with pixar or not but it's um it's about a colombian girl and like her entire family they have like this house that's magical um and it bestows upon each of them like a certain like gift that they use to help like their village and their townsfolk um, but then, like, you know, something happens to the house, so they have to, like, go on an adventure to, like, figure out, like, what's going wrong. Like, stereotypical, like, very traditional Disney type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but what caught my eye, one, the colors, extremely bright, colorful, beautiful, wonderful, love that, big fan of colors. Two, the fact that it's Colombian, so we're getting more into other cultures. This isn't another white Disney princess. This is not white and not princess at all. So very right. excited about that. I always love it when they um, do more stuff because Disney's pretty good when it wants to do a piece that involves someone's culture. They do a good job. Like Coco, oh, astronomical, beautiful, wonderful. Um, and then another thing that caught my eye is the dress animations. Because like the main uh, female character, like she's in a dress for at least most of the trailer that we saw. Beautiful. Like the way they're animating all of their clothes, mm-hmm. unreal. I'm just a sucker for like, I guess, not minute details, but like less important details like that. It just makes the movie feel more fluid. So very excited to see that now. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm happy. That sounds really cool. I think I've seen maybe a couple ads on on TikTok, but you know, you see ads on TikTok, you immediately scroll away because like, I'm not here for that. But that sounds awesome. And then polar opposite. Um... It's a crime drama thriller movie. It's called House of Gucci. Uh, it's basically just like, you oh, know, the yeah. the rise of Gucci, the, you know, the betrayal, the like revenge, the power hungriness, you know, stereotypical. Mm-hmm. But like, since it's true, it makes it more interesting. And since Gucci is, I mean, it's Gucci. Like, 
it's one of the most well-known brands yeah. there is mm-hmm. so. right and is it lady gaga in that movie yeah lady gaga is in the movie <laughs> um also let's see uh it's jared leto uh interesting adam driver and then mm. salma hayek salma oh wow yeah Dang, look at so, that cast. I that's, know. That's an impressive cast. Like, if I'm going to watch white people fight each other for money, mm-hmm. I'm very okay with watching these white people fight each yeah. other for money. Yeah, very okay with that. That sounds awesome. That reminds me of the secession and how it's back. Mm-hmm. I haven't been watching it. I need to I need to get on the third season. I, need I, to I if it makes you feel better, I have also not watched the third season yet, so we have to do a secession episode because these white people hate each other I so know. much and i love it i love it i love that for us especially us. absolutely yeah and i think um the only thing i'm excited for really is arcane it's this new show on netflix it's like a league of legends very nerdy kind of stuff and i'm excited to watch it and just get into it a little bit because to be honest i'm i'm kind of like a nerd kind of a bit of a gamer but like things like league of legends and Genshin impact like go right over my head. You know, I'm really into D&D, but I've only just got it into D&D, to be honest. So I'm going to be interested to see like what this show has to okay. offer because I've been seeing all the D&D girls post about this because they were at the premiere and they were like, oh, this is amazing. This is phenomenal. I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and look. Let me go ahead and look and see what's there. What's what's giving, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. But uh, yes, those are things you can't wait to watch. And now we're going to go into the Netflix list. So I gave you your choices. I don't know if I told you my choices, what I got. Did I tell you? No, I don't think you did. Okay, so my choices, one was a movie. It was called All the Bright Places. It's like this independent kind of romance film. Uh, I think I saved it because I think it's Dakota Fanning who is in the film and Justice Smith. I love Justice Smith. I have been obsessed with him for so long, like for so long. I love him so much. He's such a great actor. If you don't know who Justice Smith is, he was in Detective Pikachu. It's like one of the bigger roles he was in. He was also in The Get Down on Netflix, which was really good. And I'm very sad that it was canceled because it was actually a really, really good show. And some parts of it were not that great, but it was pretty great altogether. Like Justice Smith, Shamik Moore, um, my homie, Jaden Smith, and then David Diggs was also in the show too, but he didn't have that big of a role. I think if the show continued, we would get to know more about David Diggs' character because it's kind of told in like, like David Diggs is like an, a famous rapper and we're going back in time to like when he was younger and back. Okay, I'm excited yeah. to get down now, but you know, yeah, <laughs> go watch it to get down on Netflix. Okay. It's very good. But those are my two, it was All the Bright Places and it's a show called Dr. Foster. And when I first looked at it, I was kind of like, I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to watch this, but there was a BBC show. And I was like, you know what? I like British dramas. I like it because yeah. British people have all the drama. And so it was pretty good. And um, okay, so we can start with my thing, one of my stuff, or because I want one of your things. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You start. Okay. So I want to start with Dr. Foster because I did start the show. I did not finish it because, uh, okay. Dr. Foster. The show is about a middle-aged woman. She's married to a wonderful husband. She has a son. She's a doctor. She lives a normal life, right? Mm. Everything's normal. Everything's fine. Until one day, she suspects her husband of cheating on her. Okay. And 
it's just a little, it's a little thing scratching in the back of her head, simply because she was looking at his coat and she saw a long blonde hair on the coat. Oh, and she okay. Was like, so it's like subtle things. Nice, yeah, nice. it's like, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. And maybe she's going to think about it. And she talks to her friend about it at work. And she's like, maybe it's nothing. And she's like, right. But on her break, on her lunch, first episode, she follows her husband. She's following her husband everywhere he goes, to work to his job sites, he's an architect. And then she finds out that he is in visiting his mother like on his days off basically, or like during his lunch. Mm-hmm. And then she immediately feels bad. She's like, this could have been a hair from a nurse or someone else. He's probably not cheating on me. I'm assuming too much, like da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then they go to a birthday party, her husband's birthday party. She did everything. Like it's a beautiful, wonderful birthday party. The whole neighborhood came in. like done up to the nights okay as we should as we should okay nice little community barbecue situation and she was like she was snooping through his phone earlier but she didn't like at first she was like maybe i shouldn't do this but then she i don't know what happened exactly i think she talked to somebody to like get into her husband's phone or like the password and then at the birthday party she leaves for a second and she realizes that her husband has been sleeping with their neighbor's daughter who is 19 years old. And she realizes that the neighbors probably know that the husband is hooking up with their daughter and that her best friend that she works with definitely knows that her husband has been cheating on her. And her best friend was friends with her husband for years. Like they've known each other since uni. And her husband, when he was in college, was never faithful. Always cheated, always slept around. And no one ever told her that when they got married. And she asked, like, the wife asked the mother when they were visiting her, like, why? Why did you tell me? And she was like, well, we thought that he got over it when he met you. He's like, what wouldn't I need to know? And like, well, there's nothing to worry about, really. And he even told his mom that he was cheating on his wife. Ah. And like the 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 doctor, she thought it was happening for a couple months. It had been happening for two years. Like, this is a two-year-long affair. And we're all finding this out in the span of a couple episodes. Like, I'm mm-hmm. in episode three right now. And I also found out that the neighbor, like, the girl, okay, let's call the girl Sarah. Okay. And the husband's, like, Dave. Mm-hmm. So Sarah's father agrees to meet up with Dr. Foster to talk about finances because she wants to leave her husband like she wants to leave and her friend is telling her don't leave Dave don't do it like you don't want to do that you know Mm -hmm. and Sarah decides to meet no not Sarah Dr. Foster decides to meet Sarah's father Mm -hmm. who is their accountant and their financial advisor as well as a business partner in Dave's business in his architect business and so Dr. Foster's meeting with Sarah's father you can call him like Ned Okay, so Dr. Foster's meeting Ned, and Ned has no papers, no folders, didn't bring anything to this dinner. So they're just at dinner, and they're talking. And, you know, she kind of tries to hint that she's trying to, like, get her own money, you know, like, out, like, have her own account and try to, like, see if she can, like, say something for herself. And he automatically red flags, red flags. And he's like, is everything okay at home? And she just tries to play it off, like, oh, you know, it's, it's nothing. I'm just, I'm concerned because he doesn't tell me anything. I just want to know. Like, I just want to be more involved. She, he's like, okay. And they start talking. And then I don't know how this happened, but he starts talking about how he wants to see her naked, how he wants to, like, he watches her, how he's seen her body, how he can't help but think about what her body looks like without clothes on. And immediately I'm like, oh, 
oh, this is too awkward for me. This is too much for me. And the thing is, is that Dr. Foster told her husband that she would be going to dinner, like out dinner, dinner, like not with a guy, but like just going out. And her friend went to hang out with Dave, Dr. Foster's husband, to get some information on him, to see like, what's up, what's good. Because uh-huh. the episode before that, they found out that the girl was pregnant and that she was going to, you know, obviously terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But then Dr. Foster tells the mom, Dave's mom, and Dave's mom is like, you have to tell him. He has to know. And Dr. Foster's like, why does he need to know? Why? But she decides to make the decision and she texts her friend who's the doctor to tell her husband. And then while they're hanging out with the grandmother, you watch him get a phone call and pretend like it's for work, but you can tell by his body language that he just heard that he has a baby on the way mm-hmm. with his mistress and his whole body language just changes. And the son, like their kid, completely oblivious to all of this, talking to their grandma about like kicking, like playing soccer and da 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 da. And it's so sad because in that scene, like in that scene, the mother knows his mother knows the kid doesn't know and all of this is just like that tension it's so much like i'm only three episodes in and it's so deep like when dave is talking to his friend who's also his wife's friend who works with his wife the doctor who is his mistress's doctor like dave's friend is his mistress's doctor is her OBGYN, which Mm -hmm. is messy on a whole other kind of levels um he they're talking and he's straight up like i don't want to leave my wife because i love her but i'm also loving my mistress and i just don't know how to make this work because if they break up i'm not gonna be able to see my son anymore yeah and also we have no money like apparently all his projects have not worked out they're in debt like this latest project he built like a community center in the in the middle of their town and he's like, this has to do well. This has to make money. Because if it doesn't make money, we're screwed. Like, it's over. Like, it's really, really are deep in the bucket. And I'm like, it's just so much. And the thing is, I want to finish it because I want to see what happens. But each episode is an hour long. If there are 10 episodes. And that's usually the case, the BBC shows. Yeah, but yeah. like, man, it's a commitment. And also, a lot of things are going on, not just with the main characters, but there are a lot of side characters. And those side characters, they got juicy little guidelines too. Like, there's a guy who is a businessman who went to go see Dr. Foster, and he has a tumor, and he may have brain cancer, but he hasn't told his wife, and his wife is pregnant. So Dr. Foster secretly called his wife to let her know, and his wife chewed him out, and then he got mad at Dr. Foster. But Dr. Foster was like, do you want to file a lawsuit? And he was like, no. She's like, okay. And also the guy is a divorce lawyer. So now she's talking to him about getting a divorce. There's just all these things, all these things. It's a really good show. And I okay. I, I know I'm going to finish it. Like I know I'm going to sit down and finish watching it. It's like the perfect show to watch when you're like cleaning or like oh, doing okay. laundry or doing dishes. It's like one of those shows you can put on in the background and you can just listen to people talking. You don't really have to watch everything. But when you watch, you can see like the actor's like British actors, there's something about their facial expressions, their body language, the way they just like they speak without speaking. There's something different about that. Like I love it. It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, the BBC has a hold on me. They do not know. They do not know the hold they, they do, have on me. They do. This this production there. There is mm-hmm. high quality stuff happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah bbc and also like anytime i watch a bbc show netflix is like okay here's every single bbc show that's ever been made yeah here's like you. 15 like, more for you <laughs> yeah, <Lisa. laughs> yeah. like we know you're going to sit down and watch all of these so hurry yeah. up which one's next like get it cooking get it cooking get it cracking you know Yes. So what are one of yours? Glenn? Okay. So I watched two different um, things. One was a docu-series and one was a movie. I'm actually, okay. I'm a little bit surprised. I want to talk about the mm. docu-series first. Mm. That this was on your list. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, so here's the thing. So this <laughs> docu-series, it's called um, How to Become a Tyrant. And basically, it's a mini docu-series. Each episode is like 30 minutes, and there's six episodes. And it's basically, it's literally portrayed as like a guidebook to becoming a tyrant. But like, it's like it, each episode, it talks about a different tactic that you would have to use. And then it gives like examples of like a famous tyrant in history that used it and exactly how they went about it. Um, it's very interesting. It gives me very... PBS special vibes. Mm. Um, I'm just surprised that this was in your list. Why would you be surprised about that? I just do I just not based off like... of based off of like what we've talked about and different movies and shows that like we've liked and the way you react to it. Yeah, this just didn't. It didn't strike me as something that's like, oh yeah, this this 100% makes sense. So this should be on the list. <laughs> like, do not seem like someone who would want to rule a country under an iron iron fist. No, it seems a little bit under my feet. It seems a little bit like not your first priority. Mm. Maybe like a future goal. <laughs> but, like, but, yeah, but here's the thing. So one, I want to say it was very good. I did yeah. very much enjoy it. Um, Oh, shoot. I want to... Okay, there we go. Um, so I did enjoy it. Uh, I have a history major um, who is one of my like best friends in college. Cool. And I showed it to him and he loved it. So the history majors have approved of this. This is an amazing <laughs> series on Netflix. Nice. Um, appreciate it. I guess I'll just give like a kind of like a quick-ish rundown of each. So like I said, there's six different episodes and each episode is essentially a tactic that you like have to be able to implement in order to be a good tyrant. Um, and each episode, it uses a different uh, tyrant from history um, that was very successful at this specific thing. So episode one, obviously, it's just called Seize Power, and it focuses on Adolf Hitler. It just talks about how you need to be able to attract people's attention. You have mm -hmm. to be able to, like, in order to become a dictator, first, people have to want to listen to you. So you need to, like, find your message, you need to find a way to manipulate your audience so that they think that you're the best, that you know what you're talking about. Um, and they talked about how a lot of times, um, like Adolf Hitler, um, even something as iconic, I guess, iconic. I feel like that's a weird word to use when talking about Hitler. Yeah. But like, I'll say notable, as memorable. Something as notable yeah. and memorable as his mustache, he did on purpose because it was the common man's mustache um at the time so by donning that it made him look like hey i'm not this like great leader i'm one of you i understand mm -hmm. your struggles in the same way that like celebrities in america will often wear like ripped jeans or like yeah. low quality things because they want to look like us yes. they want to look like the poor people yes how do you like to wear that one t-shirt or that one turtleneck all the time even though they could buy 
any other clothes. Yeah. They choose a Hanes white t-shirt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it's very much that sort of style. I'm not saying like that all celebrities who dress like that are doing that on purpose to try to be more like us. Um, mm-hmm. But like, it's, it's, a val- it's a valid tactic to use. And they talked about how a lot of times he would do that. He'll dress or like groom himself or like obviously shave in certain ways that made him seem more like a common person. Cause obviously like you'll believe that one of your own has your best interests at heart. Yeah. Um, and so it was a lot of like manipulation stuff like that, just how to gain attention so that people want to listen to you. Um, and then the next episode was crush your rivals. And this was about Saddam Hussein and basically mm-hmm. about how like now you have power, you have to make sure that there is not even a chance that someone else could have power. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of, um, this one was really interesting because it's a lot of like suspicion stuff. Because basically if there's even like a chance that someone who's like part of your team, like mm-hmm. might like try to backstab you, you gotta kill him. You gotta get him oh. out of the picture right away. There was no, there was no room for error. Oh. The second that you have even the idea that they might not be 100% supporting you, push him down, push him down a flight of stairs. Like yeah. something needs to happen that makes it look like one, you didn't do it. And two, mm-hmm. they're out of the picture yeah yeah um yeah so that was really interesting because it was a very like mysterious episode like you have to like keep your eyes on everyone like everyone is trying to get you um and then the next episode was um rain through terror and it was about the former ugandan president um adi amin i'm not sure if i pronounced his name right but adi amin um and basically it's either it's you know the age-old like machiavellian question like do you want to be feared or do you want to be loved and they're saying to be a tyrant, you have to be feared. You have to be feared because people will not revolt against something that they are like horribly afraid of. And so it's things like, um, like if you catch like a, a criminal or a betrayer or something like that, public executions. Like you have to show people that this, that this is what happens to anyone who even thinks about betraying you. So now that like your ranks are good, like now that you have your power, and you know everyone around you is 100% trustworthy, you gotta make sure that none of these people get ideas. None of these common people. And they talked a lot about how, um, uh, how like starvation is a really good tactic, like purposefully um, making sure that your people are hungry or like are lacking mm. things. Because like okay. people who are starving, people who are struggling to make ends meet are not going to make a good army. They are not going to be the strong, husky men who are going to be needed to take you down yeah and they're also not going to be like very smart because like if they're focused on like how they're getting food on their table they really don't have time for education mm-hmm. um so yeah just like fear tactics ways to make sure that you keep the people down so that they can never revolt um and then we come to controlling the truth which is um joseph stalin and it's basically you have to like you have to make sure that every piece of information that your people are getting aligns with your narrative. So um, like whether that means like changing science or changing um, religion or basically just changing any belief system so that all of them agree that you are supposed to be in power and that what you are doing is best for your people. Mm. Um, And then one way that they do this, and this was like the most like, I guess, schemey way, is they create a society partially um, where your neighbors could be a traitor. Because as long as people have each other, then they'll be able to like discover the truth or they'll, they'll be able to have hope. But if you create dissonance between like neighbors, because like, oh, 
like rewards for anyone who you find who's a traitor. If you can create, make it so that the people don't trust each other, then there's no way that they're going to bond together against you. Um, that is so smart. I know. And then yeah. create a new society. This one is um, from Muammar uh, Gaddafi. Uh, and this is just basically isolating your country, making sure like use all the other tactics. So make sure that people don't trust each other, make sure that they're starving, make sure that your ranks are good, basically creating an entirely new society that no one else is going to interfere with. Um, and making it known on more of a global scale that, hey, no, nobody's going to come here. I don't need any US involvement trying to mess up what I'm doing. Everything is fine here. So while you're controlling everyone in the society, you also have to project that everyone is very happy in the society mm. because, you know, you don't tend to raid um, places that seem happy. You know, you, right. you aren't going to go in and rescue people who say they don't need saving. Right, right. Um, and then the last one is rule forever. And this was obviously about North Korea. Um, mm -hmm. And like, so now that you have an isolated country and you have all the other things, like people fear you, you control all information that people get, your ranks are secure. Now you have to rule forever, you have to pass on the lineage. So going from um, uh, Kim Jong-un to, oh wait, Kim Jong-il to Kim Jong-un, there we go. Um, mm -hmm. And like being able to pass down the power. So like, you know, you have to create like the dynasty, you have to create a way to convince the people that it is correct that your son is the valid next ruler without making it seem like he's the valid next ruler because he's your son. Um, right. And at the same time as that, uh, making sure again, that no other country is going to get um, affiliated and that's done through mutual destruction through nuclear, um, uh, I don't know, nuclear control, like having nukes, having nuclear power. Um, because right. I, I mean, obviously, I guess a little bit controversial, but part of the reason why we don't overthrow North Korea, even though we are all well aware of what goes on there, is because they have nukes, or at least they threaten that they have nukes. And we know that yeah. if we attack them, they're going to be nuking us. If they're nuking us, we're nuking them. And then, you know, it's mutual destruction. Everyone's yeah. going to die. No yeah. one comes out of that situation alive, which is part of the reason why North Korea is able to function um, and, like, you know, continue its tyrannical rule, even, you know, to this day, right now. Because essentially all of the countries are afraid of what's going to happen if we try to do anything mm -hmm. against it. Because basically there's no way to do it that doesn't result in tens of millions to even billions of people dying. Right, yeah. Yeah, and that's the series. It was very interesting, it was very well done. Um, I really like it, it really dived into all like the deep manipulative tactics that people use, that you know, like these tyrants have used to like, gain people under their control and how they weed out any like weak links or anything it was a little bit disturbing to see like yeah. the the psychology um mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. being a tyrant yeah that's um, kind of why i don't really rate watch a lot of document i had a phase where i was really into documentaries mm -hmm. because i thought it made me like smart and special until so i started doing research to a lot of documentaries and i realized that a lot of these are like crock there's like a the crock of nothing you know, some of them are pretty good. Some of them are really smart, but some of them are not that great. And I think How to Be a Tyrant was like going to be the next one I watched. And then I just like never got really, I just never really got back into it. Because I think around that time I was getting into documentaries 
And then for some reason, I transitioned into reality TV, mm-hmm. but I never started watching documentaries again. So, but... <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to watch it, like I said, each episode is like 25, maybe 30 minutes. There's only six of them. Also, this is like brand new. Um, it came on July. So like, this is like new, new documentary. Okay. Interesting. So. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. That's such an interesting find. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah. I am a little like shocked that you were surprised that that would be my list. I just, I didn't, I just, I didn't think of it. I don't really? see you for some reason. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see you as a big, like, history nerd. No, I love history. <laughs> I love history. Now I feel bad. I mean, like, do I sometimes need to, like, not be in so deep into history sometimes? Like, my own mental health? Yes, but, like, I okay, love history. Okay. okay. I love history stuff. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I'm very glad that you do, because now I got to watch this. Uh-huh. Um, and I will be sharing this like my mother will be wa- not my mother my entire family will be watching this on Thanksgiving um cool. I- I'm sharing this like this is going around this is high quality production this was fun it was interesting we love that we love to see it that's yeah. awesome all right so my next thing is the doctors okay so my next one was a movie all the bright places um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Okay. I do encourage people to watch this movie. If you ever watched uh, Spectacular Now, uh, it was a romance film with Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. Or if you watched Tiffio's, you know, The Fallen Our Stars, you should watch All the Bright Places. It's very good. It's a show, it's a movie about a young girl. Dakota Fanning plays her. Um, I think her name is Violet. And her sister had died in a car crash. And there's this kid, uh, for Justice Smith plays him. I'm blanking on his name right now, but um, essentially, like Justice Smith's character, he's like he's one of those guys in movies where he's different. You know, he likes to be alone. He loves okay. his friends, but like he'll disappear at days at a time, and he's kind of impulsive. He's a little weird. Uh, people call him a freak sometimes, but he's like okay with that. He meets up with the guidance counselor who's played by Keegan-Michael Key, who's a great actor who needs to be in more dramatic roles. Like he is really funny and he's really talented, but I think he should be in more dramatic roles. Like he should be given that space as an actor. Cause like a lot of comedic actors are very funny, but I know they have the range to give us something a bit darker, you know? Cause comedy always comes from a bit of a dark place. So I don't, I think like more comedic actors should be given that space to play darker roles. Kind of like Bo Burnham did in um, The Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Like the role he played was like sweet and wholesome. But if you watch the movie, you know, like, you know, so yeah. like, I feel like more actors or comedic, more comedic actors specifically should be given the space to play darker roles and the role he was playing wasn't like dark it was just a bit more serious and more stern because he's a guidance counselor at the high school and he meets up with justice smith this character justice smith's character to like talk to him i want to look up the movie actually so i don't um so i can just get the names right yeah oh the bright places okay got it yes what is justice smith theodore finch yes that's another thing about these kind of movies, these independent films with teens falling in love, they always got these stupid names. Like these names are not like people Hazel are not, Grace. <laughs> like Hazel Grace. People are not named Theodore Finch. All right. Like, not on purpose. <laughs> no, kids are named James. 
Like kids dirty. are named Emily. <laughs> uh, the kids are named like Emily, Emma, like Ben, Turner. Max. Yeah, <laughs> like basic names. Like people, there. You can't tell me that you're you went to school with somebody named Theodore Finch. No. Or somebody named like Alphaba Jones. Like what is that? Like we all know like normal names like violet is kind of a normal name her last name is marky so it's like violet marky so it's like what are we doing here no i went to you know school I mean? with seven different girls named Haley. that's who i yeah. went to school with <laughs> Haley is a very common name Haley is a cute name too yeah it's adorable yeah. but like there was there was no theodore finches in my graduating no. class no there's no augustus there's no guy everyone's school with named augustus like what are we doing here Alaska. What kind of is that? Alaska? Imagine you meet a girl like, hi, my name's Alaska. You're like, oh. Sure, Do you have a nickname? Should I call you like Allie or something? Like Al? Can I call you Allie? I'm not calling you Alaska. Yeah, I feel embarrassed for you. I feel like you made that name up. Like, that's such a real name. I feel like if I looked at your birth certificate, it would say Ruth. (laughs) I feel like you just want us to call you Alaska. Okay, Ruth, I got you. Like, you meet a girl. She's like, hi, my name's Zaire. Like, is your name Zaire or is it Bethany? Yeah. What is it? Also, what's the shade with Bethany? Bethany is a perfectly fine name. Bethany's a fine name. It is fine. Gosh, y'all can't just have your names, all right? Some people are born with unique names and then made fun of them for their whole lives. And suddenly when they're adults, it's cool now. All righty then. Thanks for that. Thanks for thanks for the trauma. Yeah, thanks. Mark. I enjoyed that. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Anyways, back to the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Basically, like, uh, in one of their classes, they're supposed to travel around Indiana and find two wonders in the state. And Theodore has his eyes set on Violet. He thinks she's special. Um, Her sister died in a car crash. He Googles her. They start hanging out. It's very, like, it's very, like, cut and dry, like, the kind of movie, you know, when it comes to, like, indie stuff. Um, It's a good movie. I don't really have much to say about it because it is kind of like other teen independent romance films that have been made. I think Dakota Fanning is really great in this film. And I think Justice Smith is amazing in this movie. And I think Justice Smith, I feel like this movie should have got a little more attention because I feel like it did kind of okay, but not as good as it could have done. I feel like Netflix should have pushed this movie a bit more because to be honest, some of the writing is a is a little some of the writing is a little pretentious. But <laughs> there's still okay, like, no, okay, wait. Is it on the level of pretentious going from episode one of you to the flashback scene in Gone Girl when they're first meeting? How pretentious is it? And yes, that's the only scale you get. Uh, it's like, it's like almost at, it's giving like, it's kind of cruising near Gone Girl, you know, it's like, it's near, it's near the first meeting scene, but it's more or less giving like, it's, it's more or less giving, um, have, what's a John Green movie that you've seen? Have you seen Paper Towns? Yes. Okay. It's giving, like, when he meets her in the abandoned house and she's just there, like, she just ran away. Or, like, when he's at the party and he's in the bathroom and he's monologuing to himself 
about how nobody misses her and nobody's talking about so her. So it's giving me ulcers, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. giving me ulcers. Yeah. <laughs> it's giving like, we're going on run on sentence to run on sentence to idea to idea. And they start speaking in like quotes at one point. Like to get her attention, he made an Insta story and he tagged her in it. And he wrote a song about how she was standing on the edge of a ledge. Because she, when they first see her in the movie, she's standing, there's a bridge and she's standing on top of the bridge. Like she's going to jump into the river and he gets up on the ledge next to her and just stands there. And I'm like, okay, so it's this kind of movie. Uh All right. (laughs) So this is what's going on. That's okay. That's fine. I can handle it. That's okay. And, you know, as much as I'm trying to rag on this film, it's not bad. Like, the kids are not all right in this movie. Okay, but it's also funny to rag on movies like this. Yeah. It's a little, the movie is a little dark, and obviously both these kids have some kind of mental issues that nobody's really, like, going to put a label on. But it's like, you know, these kids are different. They're not like other kids. They're solemn, and they're weepy, and they're sad. It's like, you both need to go talk to somebody and get diagnosed. Yeah, the therapy is there for a reason. Sometimes Mm -hmm. therapy is very helpful and productive and helps save lives. Yeah, like it's a sensitive, sweet film. Um, They obviously like approach a lot of conversations in the movie with caution to not be flippant about the things you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes when you're watching the film, uh, homegirl Dakota Fanning would just bring up her sister just out of nowhere and just like, oh, okay. So we open it up now. Cause we was just, oh, okay, okay. Okay, it's like that. Like you gotta like really, cause you'll be watching like one. There's one scene where um, they're in the car and they're driving, and she just randomly starts talking about her sister and how she died. And I'm like, we were just doing karaoke. Yeah, we were just doing carpool karaoke, and now we're sorry. I just got emotional whiplash. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like there are a couple parts in the movie where it's you, you know, it feels like there needs to be a bit of a buffer before we jump right into the really sensitive parts of it all. But um, I guess like Dakota Fanning's character is withdrawn. She's sad because her sister died. She's trying to get back out there. And so she's hanging out with Finch, but Finch is kind of erratic. And I don't really know where that stems from. Uh, He has these post-it notes on the roof of his room. And I think that he writes down one thing in the day that made him happy and they're all color-coded by the days of the week okay and it's that part like the post-it notes was a little different touch that i appreciated like that's, i like that when, was actually kind of cute yeah like it's like when um um all the boys love before she has the boxes and the letters and she uh, writes mm-hmm. the guys and she never like you know gives it to them you know it's, it's like that like there's always one of these indie sad weepy teen romance films one of these characters got to do something quirky and just kind of like different from everyone else to make them stand out see quirky and different but really helpful like basically yeah. everyone agrees that writing out your feelings even if it's in like a you know like a letter or like mm-hmm. a diary entry or something is extremely helpful because you're at least being able to vocalize like the emotions that you're feeling yeah and the movie does have a bit of melodrama to it like obviously yeah and like the soft low light when like it's raining and the warm glow and the sunrise like the beautiful autumn leaves falling like 
obviously like there are a lot of parts of the the movie that really do like bring it all together and for like it's a great it's a good movie you know like even though there's little things that I don't like Justice Smith is so charismatic even though like some of the things he does in the film are like just kind of a bit too quirky for my taste it's cute and it's it's like it feels genuine like there's a little bit of an awkwardness to it but it does feel a bit authentic and I do feel like I'm watching two kids like actually like fall in love with one another and it's sweet you know and it does remind me a lot of like another film I've seen called Heartbeats Loud which is about this guy who's played by Nick Offerman and Kersey is in it Kersey you know Kersey right she's like one of those other light-skinned actresses I don't remember she was in Dope she was in Dope Kiersey. Maybe I, I just. Oh, Kiersey yeah. Clemens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she is in this movie with Nick Offerman. And it reminds me of like that film you watch where it's a lot of charm and it's vulnerable. Like Heartbeats Loud, that movie is about um, Nick Offerman. He's a single dad. His daughter is like in college and she's queer. And he has a dying music store, you know, and he's trying to like you know, live a life, you know? And also I think he starts dating Tony Collette in the movie, which is awesome because I love Tony Collette. And the fact that she's in that movie is just like a treat for me because I'm obsessed with Tony Collette. She's amazing. <laughs> she's phenomenal. She's great. It's just like one of those films you watch where it's very grounded. And a lot of times romance movies take some liberties in realism and throw nonsense mm-hmm. at your face. And you just have to suspend your belief and logic as if this makes sense. You know, with like those Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies. And the thing about independent films is that they ground the film in realism and like real life. And sometimes it's awkward and too quirky and a bit too different, but it does feel like you're watching two people fall in love. It feels yeah. like you're watching people form a relationship, a friendship. It feels like you're part of a community and it's nice. And I like independent films mainly because a lot of actors who are in independent films are actors who look like normal people, not yeah. to be like dismissive to some other actors, but there are those people who are like very pretty, you know, like a Ryan there are people who are you know? a little bit too perfect to be people. Yeah. Like there's yeah. only off here. Like Gal Gadot doesn't strike me as a girl who grew up in a small town. You know what I mean? Like if she plays that role, I'm not gonna believe it. No. But if Dakota Fanning is playing a girl who like lost her sister and she's sad and she wears turtlenecks and long skirts, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. see it. Zoe Dutch, maybe not her, but like Dakota got it. You know what I mean? You know who Zoe Dutch is, right? Yes. Yes. I okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and like Justice Smith fits that easily. Like Justice Smith is a really good actor and I feel like he's very underrated and I feel like not enough people are talking about how great he is. Like he's very talented. He's wonderful. Like Justice Smith, Ashton Sanders, um, our boy from, I think his name's Jarrell, Jarrell Jerome. Like those are three actors right at the top of my head who are like phenomenal actors who are so great and amazing and have been a lot of, awesome movies lately and they're very talented and I want to see them in more things like I wish the Timothy Chalamet effect was passed on to them because I want to see them in like more stuff like I want I want Ashton Sanders to be like in a Marvel movie if he wants to if not that's fine I want Gerald Jerome to like you know prosper and do well and Justice Smith is doing awesome 
like I'm sure he has other bookings lined up and he's doing great because he's already in Detective Pikachu. So obviously he's entering the mainstream bit by bit, little by little. But uh, yeah, this movie, it was actually, it was pretty good. Um, I feel like also with sometimes with independent films with romance, I feel like the romance takes too long and they're like, okay, we just gonna, we're gonna hit it and then hit it and then hit it. I feel like they got the points point by point. And I do encourage people to go watch it because independent romance films are my weakness. Like that's my favorite genre of movie. Like if I, if you, if somebody, I, I need more romance movies and I need more romance movies with young people. Less he's all that, more heartbeats loud. You know what I mean? I want mm-hmm. like the half of it. I loved that movie. I loved it. I would like that movie made me scream. You know, I need more films like that in my life. Nice, nice. Well, then let's just hope the Timothy Chalamet effect takes over. <laughs> let's let's light some candles and manifest. Uh, you know, Gerald Jerome being in a romance film because he deserves it because he's a king. And I think that um, William Jackson Harper is going to be in a romance movie soon. I think so. I think I saw that on Twitter. I might have to look that up real quick. Mm. But I think he is. And I also love William Justin Harper. He is so amazing. I mean, obviously. He's so handsome, too. I love him so much. He's so great. He's adorable. He is William Justin Harper. And I like every time I see him, I do think of Cheaty. Oh, is it um, We Broke Up? Is that the... Or is that that already come out? Did it already come out? We Broke Up, that came out in April. It looks like a... Maybe there's another one that he's in? Oh, that's just one that popped up right away. Yeah, I think there may be another um, maybe another movie he's in. But this one, no, I think it's a Love Life. Yeah, Love Life. I think that's an anthology series on Amazon. Oh, Love Life? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah okay, okay. I think that he's in. Yeah. It's like a world... Is, is that on Amazon? Anthology? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, okay. HBO Max. Mm-hmm. With um, oh. Anna Kendrick. Oh, I actually remember. Oh, is this season two? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Because season okay. two like just came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Season one was with Anna Kendrick. So I guess he's going to be in season two. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't want to watch season one. Nothing against Anna or anything like that. Like, she's a great actress. She's a great singer. But, you know, every time she's in a romance movie, she does that whole like relatable thing. She's like, oh my gosh, like I have to find a guy and I haven't had a new pair of underwear in like a week. Nah, 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 nah. Like, how am I supposed to find a boyfriend if I keep eating out of the yogurt tub? The empty See, yogurt tub. Anna I Kendrick haven't done the is, shoes in a month. Nah, so, nah, nah, nah. Like, it's girl, unfortunate it. because like, I'll say this, can she play that role, role well? Yes, but she yeah. is, she's again, she's one of those people who, I, I feel weird saying this, but it's a little bit too pretty to be able to convince me that she buys all of her bras at Walmart. Like, like she's like, my bra snapped in half, but that's what I get for buying in a Target. Eh. Like, girl, please. You shop like, in the children's section. What are we talking maybe about? Maybe I would have believed it back, like, in Pitch Perfect days. Like, you know, like the like mid-2010s. Yeah. But yeah. not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Like, she's... I. You know, she's going to play the relatable girl, She's but she's played that role into the ground. Mm-hmm. Like the awkward girl or whatever. Like, I think she was in a movie with Blake Lively and I'm blinking on the name. For it. it was just there. It was directed by Paul Feig and Henry Golding was in it too. Um, and A Simple Favor? Like, a Simple Favor. Yeah, that's go. what it was. Mm-hmm. I feel like that role for her 
works a little better. She played like a single mom, became friends with another mom, but the mom she came friends with went missing. And that movie was actually pretty good. I watched it. I liked it a lot. It was actually pretty good. She was really good in that role because she's an adult. It's an adult role. And it's a little more spicy. It's a little yeah. dark. It's a little more scandalous. Mm. You know what I mean? And sometimes you got to go back to your roots. Like maybe there'll be like a Trolls 3 and she'll go back and do that with Justin Timberlake or whatever. And she'll go back and do another like rom-com, you know, what have you. But sometimes we got to move on and grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, like Reese Witherspoon, did like 10 different rom-coms before she ended up going into suburban white mom only roles and she kills it where she, and she kills it every single yes. time yes she does yes she does because big little lies man big little lies little fires everywhere you can't tell you can't tell reese nothing she reads that script absolutely she, she will eat the script she will absorb it into her bloodstream See, and then it's just that unfortunately and this, I, I guess, maybe comes into like a little bit of misogyny. I feel like it's very hard for women mm. to start out in serious roles. Yeah. I feel like the woman has to be in funny roles first or like relatable roles so that people like warm up to her or actually like think of her as an actress or whatever. And then she's allowed to be serious. Yeah. A lot of times, like, I, a lot of times for mainly like, for a lot of times for like actresses of color I've seen, they have to end up in serious roles first. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's like the Lifetime movies. It's a Tyler Perry film. It's the slave drama. It's the da 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 da. It's like someone died. It's the grief. Like it's all of these things. And then they can be in more fun roles. Like how many roles have, has Angela Bassett been where she had to like cuss somebody out Give somebody a talking to. Do I really have to count? Fun role. Like, do I have to count? You don't have to count. Because it's been a lot. It's been a long. She's acted for a long time. And the amount of roles she's got where she can genuinely smile and just have a fun time, you can count on one hand. Yeah. Yeah. And those aren't even the roles that people watch her for. Like, everyone's watching 911 on Fox because she's in it. But that show has like a tornado, a tsunami, and an earthquake at the end of every season. Mm-hmm. At the end of the previous season, one of the trains fell off the tracks and caused it was like strewn up a mountain, like a long ass train, just like a Lego set was destroyed on a mountain. That's the show. Like that's nine one one. I watch it. Like I watch it religiously. It's a great show, but it's over dramatic. <coughs> <coughs> they be doing too much on that show for real. <laughs> Anyways. All right. I'm going to jump in and talk about my second one now, um, which is Love Jones. Mm -hmm. I, okay. I'm not going to, I'm trying to debate spoilers. Okay. One, I don't care too much about spoilers. This came out in 1997. So we've had a little bit of time here. Um, Definitely go watch it. It's like a stereotypical love story. Um, So it's nothing like nothing earth shattering happens. Like you absolutely have to watch for the first time and not hear about before. Um, you know, because it's that type of show. Uh-huh. Uh, well, that type of movie, sorry. Um, but I, one thing I really liked about it, uh, it's very much in, I think, 99% sure it's, most of it takes place in Chicago. Yeah, because they keep going to New York. Because there's a, there's a few scenes that happen in New York, but most of it takes place in Chicago, if I'm correct. Um, and so one, this is a like completely, at least I'm pretty sure completely, I can't think of any of that art. A completely black cast. 
um and they are very ingrained into the culture of like um rhythm and blues poetry mixed into rap like that's a very big driving point throughout this entire um love story entire movie in fact like they meet at uh, a chicago club that often has like spoken word poetry slash rap that's like one of like their their biggest entertainments one of the biggest draws of that club is because you can hear a lot of like new or up and coming like rappers or poets um you know like display their stuff you know that stereotypical mm. kind of vibe to it yeah and that's where like the main character Darius catches the attention of Nina um and it's so uh, it's very 90s like it like the style the outfits I know that like obviously it should be because it actually takes place in the 90s instead of trying to replicate the 90s but that authentic 90s Chicago feel Oh, it was amazing. It's so refreshing. It's nice to see something that's authentic and real and different yeah. because it's authentic and real. And like the way they mix in their spoken word poetry with literally everything. Like it doesn't just happen at the the club scenes. Like it's how like right. it's how like he gets her attention. It's how like um like they connect, really connect over uh the Isley brothers is like the 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 music that like I guess it's just one of the things that she listens to, but it's one thing that brings them together and that like he tracks down for her, like the latest Isley Brothers CD. Um, oh. And and yeah, I so I feel the need to say this just because there was a small part that I didn't like and made me a little bit uncomfortable uh, because like Nina and her friend Josie are very much very much like we're confident girls we don't need a man we're fine mm -hmm. um and like Darius and his friend group of like um you know like there's like four guys and like another girl who are all part of his friend group they're very much like go-getters they're very mm -hmm. much like like watch me woo this woman they're very much like I bet you can't get that girl who's at the bar right there um and because of that uh there's this ongoing like I guess like through line motif, whatever, um, between like uh, sex versus love. Like the, mm -hmm. like, so it turns out that um, Darius and Nina, like I said, the two main love interests, um, they run into each other at the Chicago club, at like the bar and they're like just talking and they're flooding a little bit. Um, and then she's like, like he spills a drink or something. She's like, uh, looks like you have to clean that up. And she like uses that like, you know, like a cute floody way to like leave or whatever. Um, and then it turns out, like, surprise, surprise, Darius is the next person up for the spoken word poetry. And so he goes up and he creates on a spot, on the spot, like a, a poem specifically for Nina. It's literally called, like, the blues for Nina. And, like, like she is well aware that he is writing this on the spot. Right. And, like, after the show, like, um, he tries to go up and talk to her um, and, like, her friends with her. And she's like, yeah, it was, like, a really good poem, but have you ever considered writing about something that isn't about sex no. like have you ever Ooh. thought about anything like that and like all of his friends like making fun of him and he's like what else is there to talk about and she like pulls out a pen like the stereotypical like writing her number on his hand uh -huh. and she just writes the word love and then she uh -huh. like winks and then like leaves and her and her friend just like walk away That's um, cute. yeah and like that that element is really cute and that it, like goes you know um like that's like a through line like the the war between just having sex and like actually being in love um, yeah. The part that made me uncomfortable is it's the stereotypical like 
a man must pursue a woman, like like to like to like the extent that it's creepy, like to yeah. the extent like I am like no. Um, so obviously there was that flooding at the bar, perfectly fine, whatever. And then they legitimately accidentally happened to run into each other at like a local record shop um, the mm. next day. And like that, like it was legitimately an accident. There was no planning, scheming, anything there. Perfectly fine, wonderful, whatever. The problem is, so she pays for the, oh, this is the most 90s thing I could possibly ever say. She pays for a record that she buys at that place. Um, with a check and obviously like the check it has like your number it has your address it has all of that on it and like the person working at the desk is one of Darius's friends it's one of the members of the oh, friend group so he no. gets her address and her phone number from the check uh, and he doesn't like just call her no he just goes and shows up at her house oh like unannounced no warning just shows mm. up and like it plays it off as kind of like a funny thing because um, he's trying to get the check from, like, his friend. Uh, what's his friend's name? Um, Tracy. Pretty sure it's Tracy? Yeah. He's trying to get the, the check from Tracy. Um, and she's like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. You know how creepy it would be if you just showed up at her house? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then it cuts. He's at her house. Oh, um, my gosh. Like, right door. like, it plays it off as, like, ha-ha, funny. Like, yeah, I got the check. Um, and then, like, he knocks unannounced. Um, and he, he brings her the Isley Brothers CD. He's like, hey, like, I heard that this is the CD that you were looking for. Like, here, here's the CD. And then he kind of, like, waits to be let in. Um, and then, like, he, like, doesn't leave. So she lets him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's, like, awkward, like, conversation, like, when they're both kind of, like, just, like, standing in, like, the kitchen slash entryway. Um, and, oh, like, it's... It's very awkward because he keeps on persisting and going. And she even brings it up. She's like, hmm, so you're one of the persistent types. And he's like, yeah, uh, this will be like a lot easier if you just like agree to go on a date with me now. Um, Otherwise, I'm just going to have to keep coming back here and keep bringing more CDs. I feel like that would be a waste of both of our times. Mm. Um, And like he says that like three different times in three different ways, basically saying that like if she doesn't say yes now, he's just going to keep coming back and coming back and coming back with like new CDs or new stuff. Like there's there's no like there's no way. Essentially, he's saying there's no way for you to say no. Like I'm going to keep coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like obviously like she she agrees. Um, And then like as he's leaving. She's like, next time before you come, though, can you call? Because I know you also wrote down my phone number from that check. And he's like, mm. yeah, yep, I did. Um, so it's played off in like a silly kind of like friendly way, but it's very much, especially in like today's climate, it's very much where like, no, this is not silly, funny, cute. Yeah. This is creepy. You're showing up at her house, very illegally getting her address from like a check. Mm. You're and if that happened today, you could get that person fired from their job. Absolutely. Why are you giving out people's addresses? Absolutely. You're what? you're tracking her. You're uh, you like save her phone number when she isn't given to you. She clearly and like the first time they meet, she says like it's bad timing. Like she said, no, I can't go on mm-hmm. a date with you. It's bad timing. And then he uses that later in the kitchen. He's like, well, it was bad timing last night, but I was thinking like, you know, maybe it's not bad timing now, or maybe it's not bad timing like next week maybe it's not back timing in like two weeks like yeah so like in today's culture very creepy mm-hmm. but it's played creepy. off cute that was the only thing that made me uncomfortable other than that i absolutely love this movie it was funny it was charming the poetry that they make up for each other is really adorable and it's also 
believable drama. Like, mm-hmm. most of the drama comes from the fact that, like, she has an ex that, like, yeah. refuses to leave her alone. And, like, refuses, like, oh, again, refuses to leave her alone and keeps trying to come back into her life. And so he gets jealous of that ex. Understandable. Um, they have, like, a little bit of fight because they don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, they break up. I'm not exactly sure. They weren't really, like, officially in a relationship before. But, like, they break up. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the other members of his friend group swoops in and like picks her up and like he's like a nice enough guy and so she's like hanging out with him and then he purposely <laughs> brings her to a house party that um the name the guy's name i think it's just called hollywood i think that's okay. the name they use for him um he purposely brings her to a house party that he knows that darius will be at so that he can flaunt that he has darius's ex-girl um and so I like don't- this is a little comment I want to make. I don't understand why in movies men do this or in real life. Like your guy, your friend breaks up with a girl, so then you swoop in and get her. Why? Why would you do that? Like yeah. that's disrespectful. And also, like, another thing is that like usually women do end up dating guys that are similar to their exes. Like if this guy was her ex was persistent, this guy's be persistent, maybe she thinks like he's different now. Like, ladies, don't persistent guys are not always the best people to be dating like he's being persistent for one thing and one thing only so maybe just cut him loose like don't default yeah 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 it's very so yeah like i said that persistence part is the only part that was really like creepy and like all the rest of it creepiness is like almost not there anymore after that and thankfully that happened within like the first like 20-ish minutes of the movie so i could like be uncomfortable and then forget about it mm-hmm. um but yeah, other than that, it's very believable, very unfortunately realistic drama that happens. Um, they end up not actually getting together and like staying together uh, mm-hmm. until like, I think it's like two years after they meet because she gets like a huge chance because she's a photographer. So she goes off and she goes to New York and she's successful. And then she just happens to come back to Chicago and visit her roots. No, for a, for a shoot, for a shoot, like a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she goes to the same, like, Chicago club, and he happens to be that, you know, stereotypical, kind of cute, adorable. Right. Um, overall, like I said, a very good movie, um, very creative, very cute, very well done. It's just a little, little creepy part. Mm-hmm. Other than that, very nice, very believable, very realistic. Uh, and I loved it. I did love it. I legitimately enjoyed this movie. I feel like with that creepy part, I'm making it seem like I didn't like it. I yeah, do like I it. I do enjoy it. I would recommend it. Um, to be a honest, a lot of like romance films, especially like in the 90s, have those weird kind of elements to it where like in real life, that would not be cool. Like with the notebook, with the guy hanging off of the Ferris wheel mm-hmm. and him be like, I will, I will literally let go if you do not say yes to a date with me like i would be distressed yes if a guy was that persistent and wanted to go out with me that badly that's like 17 red flags right there that one sentence yeah yeah that is every single thing that came out of your mouth was a red flag Mm -hmm. and sir i i can't play goalie like what is this you're throwing too many cards on the plate this is too much you know what i mean and i use i love love jones i haven't watched it in so long like a lot of films like Love Jones, Slivers from Eva, uh, Love and Basketball, you know, like those typical romance movies that have like majority black cast that were like 
amazing and like sweet and comforting and like homey and the things that you hold close to your heart you know it's been a minute since I watched those movies and I was excited when I saw that you were gonna get that one because like oh my gosh I remember that film and I remember because I thought it was really cute because I was really into poetry when I was younger so I was like mm. imagine if a guy wrote a poem about me oh that'd be so cute like I might just want to write a poem about me like that'd be adorable but you retelling it made me remember like all the things I remember that movie and like the people that were in the film and like those stars back in the day like that film is such a timeless classic and yeah. it is so good and like, it's also one of the only movies with like a black cast that was made back in the day that didn't really have like a lot of drugs or like a lot of like no, negative was... kind of. No, they even, they hate on smoking. Like they're that yeah. like, I guess, progressive. I, I, I'm not sure if that's the right word there, but like, like the, that's the only thing that we even see. Okay. Yeah, I think like, yeah, Love Jones was definitely like one of my favorite romance films for a long time because of the poetry and because like there's no really talk of like drugs or alcohol in that movie but mm. i'm glad that you liked it i'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it everyone should definitely go watch love jones it's a it's an amazing like romance film and a lot more people like people sh- like everybody should watch black romance films mm-hmm. you know because even though it has a black cast like you should watch it like you should see it and watch it and like appreciate it because they're great like you you know titanic and the notebook are not the only romance movies that you need to be aware of you know what i'm saying there's like, also shorter ones there's yeah. shorter ones than titanic <laughs> you appreciate love and basketball like take a second and go watch love and basketball you will enjoy it i promise it is those are great films mm. yeah and those are the things we got from our netflix list also i want to say looking through my netflix list i found some other shows that I had been like skipping out on oh. that I started watching. One of them was Sweet Tooth. I just started it. And it's a little interesting. Like, I think it's the show where like the kids were turning into like um, woodland creatures or something. Like they would be in, like, you know, Lord of the Rings creatures. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been looking, I've been, I started watching that show. It's kind of sweet. I think I'm going to finish it and I'm going to check it out. And maybe you should check out your own Netflix list, Glenn. I do not make Netflix <laughs> lists because I, sh- like, it's my Netflix account that I have with my family. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't have anything on my list. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. I mean, I share my account with my family too, but we all have our own profiles. So people just got to stay out of my list and then we could, you know, but we can move on to our next segment, which is pass which is where we'll be talking about TV shows and movies that we are not going to be watching that may be coming out soon. And the first thing I am going to pass on is the third Princess Switch movie that's coming out in November. Uh, I'm going yeah. to pass on it because... No. Why are you saying no? no? Why are you I'm saying no? no? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Ew. Are you a Vanessa Hudgens fan? You reminded me that those <laughs> that movies exist and I will mm-hmm. never forgive you for that. Okay, well, it's not my fault. I didn't make the movie. All right. It's not my fault. But yeah, I'm going to be passing on that because, um, Vanessa, I respect you and I see that you're getting that back. Actually, I don't respect you because you were partying during a pandemic. So how about you kiss my ass? Never mind. Have fun playing your little movie, girl. Have fun playing three characters at once. You can't <laughs> even play one character that well. So good luck with that. Period. Okay. Um, My first one is a little bit. Okay, so I'm torn. I will just mm. say what I have to say about this, and we'll just see what see what comes out. 
Okay, so I previously mentioned that I was not excited to see Spencer because it's another retelling of Princess Diana. Like, let her, mm. let her die. Let her be dead in peace. Okay, I guarantee every time that another movie or another show or another documentary is made about her, she rolls over like three times in her grave. Yeah. Like, let her just be still. Okay, with that being said, mm-hmm. although I am not excited to watch Spencer, I probably won't watch Spencer, I want to encourage people to, one, watch it if you enjoy Princess Diana, and two, watch it because hopefully, cross your fingers, this will be good enough, not good enough, this will be a movie that finally separates Kristen Stewart from Twilight. And I feel mm-hmm. the need to go on a rant about this because I, as someone who like used Tumblr a lot, okay, as someone who uses Twitter now, as someone who is just on the internet, the blatant Kristen Stewart slander that I see on a weekly basis- Absolutely ridiculous. Is unreal, unreal. Unnecessary okay. at that. So we get it. Let's, okay, first let's be honest with ourselves. The Twilight scripts did not give any person in the movies much to work with. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can we can make fun of like cringy things that happened in them, and we can make fun of weird story beats and stuff like that, and weird acting choices. But also, that was uh, that was over a decade ago. And also, the best person in those movies is Charlie. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's the dad. He didn't get enough screen time. But um, don't do okay. my boy dirty like that. Charlie is the best character in that movie. So it's one thing. One thing, if you want to just make fun of, you know, Twilight, the saga in general, or you want to make fun of like Kristen Stewart or anyone else's really performance in that. That is one thing. That is something I'm acceptable about. I'm all for making fun of cringy old movies that for some reason had a chokehold on us. Okay. Um, however, what I will not stand for is this Kristen Stewart slander afterwards. Okay. Basically, like you saying that Kristen Stewart is a bad actress is you telling me that you don't watch any movie that isn't like from Disney or from like the MCU in the last like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Because like I have some movies pulled up here that she has been in um, since Twilight that are absolutely masterpieces. Um, the Happiest Season, Underwater, uh, Panic, I guess Panic Room happened before Twilight series. Panic Room, Still Alice, Seabird, The Runaways. All of these mm-hmm. are absolutely amazing movies with Kristen Stewart being either the lead female or one of the lead females. And she yeah, absolutely kills yeah. it in every single one. Mm-hmm. So, and like, I get also most personal, of, shopper. Personal, yeah, personal shopper. Personal shopper. How can I forget yeah. about personal mm-hmm. shopper? Mm-hmm. So basically, like, if one. you're going to say that Kristen Stewart is a bad actress, you're just You've telling me that you don't Twilight. watch movies. You don't watch movies. You don't watch any movie that isn't like, Made You've only MCU seen Twilight and the new uh, Charlie's Angels movies. Exactly. And for that, you can shut up. See, we can make fun of the new Charlie's Angels movie, too. We Absolutely. can do that. Absolutely, we can make fun of that Absolutely. movie, but we will not be making fun of Kristen Stewart as an actress. No. So if this movie, if Spencer makes people shut up about this Kristen Stewart slander, because, like, people are saying she's on track to, like, um, to win an Oscar because of this. Mm. Like, if that will finally shut people up so that we can stop having this discourse about her, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And I know that there are going to be people like like late night hosts or like 
morning people, whatever, that are like going from Twilight to Charlie's Angels. Is Kristen for- Stewart. I want her to put them in their place because she has been acting. She is getting booking. She has been killing it lately. Okay. She has been acting all throughout her career. All right. Twilight was not her first film. Her first film was Speak. And that was amazing. And Speak was absolutely right? amazing. Okay. I it still cry at Speak. All right. Speak was great. And then she went from Speak to the Twilight series. And just because you know her from Twilight doesn't mean that's the only thing she's done. Just because you've been following her career doesn't mean she followed the face of the earth. She has been working. She's been getting bookings. Okay. She's been killing it. Watch Personal Shopper and then tell me that Kristen Stewart can't act. Don't, Don't be shy. Go ahead and do it. Do it right now. Don't you dare disrespect my queen. All right. Don't you dare disrespect my queen. My sweet, my sweet girl. My lovely woman. All right. Absolutely. Please. Exactly. Anyway, so yeah, that's kind of like. I just had to say my piece about it. Like, I personally might not watch Spencer, at least might not watch it right away, just because it is another Princess Diana movie. However, if this shuts people up about Kristen Stewart, I will buy that movie 15 times. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I do want to go watch Spencer, though. I'm very interested in it. I do want to see what's up with that. But one movie I'm not going to see is Halloween Kills. (laughs) Because... There are twelve micro. There are twelve Michael Meyer films from 1975 to now. Y'all should have just locked this man. Like, I don't know. If you need a grenade to kill him. Like, he should not still be alive. He needs to be dead by now. Whose job was it to kill him? Because somebody's been dropping the ball. <sighs> Somebody like this man only comes out one night a year. So every other night of the year, why are we not prepping like Santa does for Christmas to take this man down? Exactly. Like somebody make a sinkhole, get him in there, and then drop a grenade and then book it. That's yeah. all we need to do. Because he's just one man. There's no reason why this one man should be out here killing all these people. Like the newest uh, Michael Myers movie, they left him in like a burning house. And the fire department went back to go put the house out. And I saw this in the trailer. I hate... I hate when trailers give you the whole story. Like, you need at least something for the imagination. You need at least something for me, something for me to think about. But if I know what's going to happen in the movie from the trailer, then I'm over it. Yeah. Apparently, it's supposed to be a sequel. For the record, I didn't want to watch the movie to begin with. So, you telling me Mm -hmm. all of it in the trailer is actually helpful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen a couple of people, like, they've watched it. And, like, there is one uh, TikTok person that I really love watching. Her name is Ricky. And she did a review to it. It was like pretty informal review, but she was basically just like shitting on the movie the whole time. And it was hilarious and I loved it. And that just solidified for me that I don't need to see it because I already don't watch horror films. Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe, just maybe, if I can get a friend to go see it with me, we might go watch it because I don't mind a little gore. I don't mind a little violence. You know, it's just when you get into like, myths and like urban legends that's the stuff that i can't do like possession stuff that's not for me but like maybe a michael Myers film i could probably look at um but i think i really do think that we need to hang it up we need to hang it up and let it go like let michael Myers die and let's revive candy man because i think like <laughs> that needs to be the next that, that's what we the need next that is what horror, we need it yeah that needs to be the next horror um sequel series trilogy that we need to bring into the into the modern day in 10 I like- years i want to be saying i am sick of seeing Candyman everywhere mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely want a, i want nia DaCosta to decorate a second one decorate what the frick decorate <laughs> direct mm-hmm. a second one because she's directing captain marvel too so people are going to be she's she's about to be booked and busy all right eat her so- up 
Oh my please. goodness. I'm ready to do so. And I really do. I sincerely, sincerely want Candyman 2. I want, I want a second one. I feel like the first one was okay as a starter. I think it was good, but I feel like a sequel will definitely, you know, bring in something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would also like to say um, Leonardo DiCaprio is in talks and he's possibly going to be starring in a film where he is Jim Jones, you know, the cult leader. Mm-hmm. And I have, I do not like it when people make films about cult leaders and you use actors that are already like handsome likable relatable to play these leaders you know it's a thing with um zach efron playing ted bundy oh you know i knew it as soon as you said it as soon as you said it that man is a himbo like he's already handsome he's already well liked he's already relatable and now you got him playing a serial killer who was ugly who was ugly and wasn't even that smart. It was just that the- Ted Pundy got lucky. Yeah, he just got lucky because the police department was lazy. Like one of his victims went up to him and was like, hey, went up to the cops was like, hey, Ted Bundy had me for a couple of days. Like he's here. And the cops didn't do anything about it. And then you have like Zac Efron, Mr. Troy Bolton, Mr. Himbo King himself playing Ted Bundy in this Netflix show. Like- it's it's annoying to me and it's irritating to me because I don't want like likable, handsome actors playing cult leaders that are not ugly or charismatic, but just got lucky swindling a bunch of people into their BS. Like Jim Jones is a terrible person that got a lot of people following him mm-hmm. and all his like craziness. And I know that Leonardo DiCaprio is going to kill it in this role, Obviously. but I fear that this movie... There's going to be a lot of talk. There's going to be a lot of discussion. There's going to be a lot of discourse around what if these movies should be made and if we should make movies about this or if you should make documentaries about it. Because once you make a movie and you make Leonardo DiCaprio the star of the film, then the survivors of the cult and other people who have left cults are going to feel some type of way when they see someone like that starring in a film because there are people who watch movies and they're easily swayed by things they see on television, and then they'll be easily swayed by people within their own communities mm-hmm. who could be up to nonsense. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's a slippery slope. And I fear that we're going to see that slope when this movie, when the trailer comes out. Like, I could already tell mm-hmm. there are going to be think pieces on think pieces on this. And also, and, I feel the need to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Don't be shy. Point to exactly who asked for a movie about Jim Jones. Who? Who was out here clamoring, being like, I cannot rest in peace until I get a dramatic retelling of Jim Jones, the cult leader? I don't see nobody. Absolutely I don't no see one. nobody. Nobody asked no for one. this. No one. Because why do we need this? We don't. With the I'm amount sorry. of cults that are on TikTok right now, you don't need a, TikTok, <laughs> a cult movie. You don't need a cult movie. Yeah, where's Every TikTok's cult month. movie? Where's TikTok's yeah. cult movie? Bro. 2025. <laughs> There needs to be a documentary on these TikTok cults. Because if I could tell you how many of them I've encountered in the past year I've been on TikTok, you will not believe me. And I can't believe it sometimes either. Because there is one that was exposed and another one came up the next week. It's, these people oh, have too much time on their hands. Hollywood, I know you're listening. Hi, thank you for Hi. viewing us. Um, So you do know that when you do make the documentary about these TikTok cults, who just said that they are a first-hand eyewitness person who needs to be in that documentary? 
No, do not put me your free documentary. <laughs> I will embarrass myself. <laughs> I will be so out of pocket. I'm going to be one of those people who's like, I don't know why they was doing all that. Like, for real. Yeah, though. and that's what so we need in the documentary. We need someone in the <laughs> documentary that's like, I do not understand how these things were happening. Yeah. Someone like... needs to be the voice of reason in this. People are too serious <laughs> in documentaries. Somebody needs to just come on, like the camera's on them, and they're like, these people are stupid, and here's why. Yeah, so um, HBO Max, Netflix, your people, you know. Honestly, Hulu. Hulu's going to snatch this right up. This sounds like Hulu's department. (laughs) (laughs) Hulu, whoever be working over there, y'all just DM me on Instagram, and, you know, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll send you my schedule. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you my availability and my rates. Yeah, my rates, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, yes. All right. I think the last thing I want to talk about is the fact that there's a season two of Squid Game coming out. It is official, official. I don't, I think that it's been reported. I don't think it's been officially said. I think one of the actors said that it's possibly in the works season two. And I don't know. It's just irritating to me seeing like rich people make Squid Game giveaways. Like, did you miss the plot of the show? Were you not paying attention? You're a rich person who's taking advantage of poor people by cosplaying a show that was done with rich people taking advantage of poor people. Hello, hello. Like so. Wait a second. So this it's is Mr. Def- Beast. I'm talking about Mr. Beast specifically. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I was about to say. Yeah. Um. So, gosh, I'm in. Oh, okay, I'm going to also. To- um, Brent Rivera. Do you know Brent Rivera? Ma'am, do not bring up that name in my presence. He did a Squid Game um game or whatever, like a Squid Game contest with his friends. James Charles was there. I said, I beg, get this out of my face. Literally, I beg. If you keep Leave speaking, it. I will take these earbuds out of my ears. <laughs> okay. I, since 2014, I have tried every medication possible to remove the fact that Brent Rivera exists from my mind. Out of all the Vine girlies that have gone and like gone to dust, he's still going strong. This man got an Infinity Stone or something. Why is he still here? I do not know. I do not know. <laughs> and I am so sad. Okay, but jumping back to Mr. Beast. Oof. Okay. Hmm. So, I well, I, know, I, I am conflicted. Com- I am yeah. conflicted because at one on one side, I do agree. It is a little bit. It's a little bit like did you miss the point of the show? Yeah. But on the other side, Mr. Beast, Jimmy, has said multiple times that he plans on dying with negative money in his bank account. Like, he doesn't want to have a single cent left to his name when he dies. He is very much that charitable person who wants to be giving every single penny away that he can. So he's not the stereotypical rich person who's, like, hoarding it all for himself. Like, there have been multiple interviews where he said that he wants to give every single cent that he has away to people who need it when he dies, before he dies. So I will appreciate him for that. For someone who is definitively a multimillionaire saying that, like, that makes me feel wanna, better. I want to say, uh, wanting to have a negative balance and then you die. I have a negative balance almost every other week. Yeah. And I'm still here grinding. <laughs> and I'm not Sir, dead. Write me my check. I'll help you out. Write me so, my check. So Give because me my of money, that, Jimmy. because of that, what, that's one reason why I'm a little bit more okay with this. Number two, okay. and this is the more, I guess not the more important reason, but I guess for entertainment wise, a more important reason. A lot of people like Brent Rivera and everyone else, like it's cheap, shitty content 
that they're doing, capitalizing off of the fact that Squid Games is popular. And then they're just like, eh, like, you know, they're getting their cash, they're getting their views, they're getting their clicks, and that's it. But you know, just from like track record, that when Mr. Beast does this, this will rival the level of production that was in the actual show. Like he's having 456 random people. He is building the entire actual sets. Like, you know that literally millions of dollars are going to go into his version of the Squid Games. So I also appreciate from like the artistic point of view, the production value, like this isn't a shitty, quick, cheap cash grab because Squid Games is popular. This is like month long process, months long process of building, planning, scripting, like creation. Like this, this is a labor of love. So I also appreciate that's not a quick cash grab. With that being said, it's still a little bit, did you miss the point? Yeah. It is still there. I cannot ignore that. Yeah, I don't know that much about Mr. Beast. All I know that he gives away money. I am interested in learning about how does someone like him gain so much money and so many subscribers. Like, how how do you do that with like I, a normal background? If I he mean, was raised like middle class or like if he was raised rich, I don't know. I think I would have to do some research into this guy. I don't want to like, I don't want to say like that you can only get a lot of money through suspicious reasons like there are people who work hard and you know become rich but usually when people become rich in a very short amount of time very quickly it's through things that are not 100 percent legal so i'm a little interested honestly so i've done a good amount of research on mr beast and from what i've seen it's a combination of luck because on like you know on youtube sometimes you just gotta be lucky Uh, but also he's just a very smart when it comes to like I, I hate saying it, but like he's a smart businessman. Like he's a man that like if you give him an idea, he is the type of person who will run like a hundred miles with it. Like you give mm-hmm. it to him, he'll have it created for you. He just has that type of mind that that's just how his mind works. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like a good combination. He's a guy who has crazy ideas, who knows how to get them done, and that does really well on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that like unfortunately, because most people have like negative dark sides to them i'm sure there is a negative dark side to mr beast but i'm sure it's not like too dark i don't think it's gonna be anything horrible yeah i do think i'm gonna do a little more research into this guy because i've only heard about him through like other people like when he had his own restaurant like mr beast burger Mm -hmm. i heard about that but like I don't know. Maybe I need to do some research into this guy and see like what definitely interesting. You'll have a ton of fun with that one. There's endless research that you could do on him. To be honest, I usually stay away from like I don't really like like people like Carl Jacobs, Dream, like the Dream SMP, like da 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 da. Those kind of like popular creators. Nothing against them, like Wilbur Scoot or anything like that. They seem fine. It's just that like if a lot of people are into them and like they're very popular, I just kind of drift back. You know, like George's not found. You're not like other girls. I'm on with the rock. <laughs> not like other girls. I mean, I usually don't like stay on like very popular influencers because it usually ends badly, mm-hmm. you know? So I just like kind of keep away from it. Mr. B seems fine. Like he seems like a fine person. I also don't like those YouTube videos. They're like, okay, guys, welcome back to my channel. Today, we're giving away this much money. And then boom, and then bam. And like all that stuff. Like it's nice that you want to give away, give your co- your friend a free Tesla but they're gonna have to pay taxes on that. And like, they're gonna do this on that and like all that stuff. Like you're gonna give your friend a free car. You also need to like be, yeah. are you gonna pay for the See, car too? That, that's one of the things that Mr. Beast does that a lot of like other channels don't. He completely, like he'll 
he like shows in the video, but he'll like under the table, give them enough money so that they can pay off all the taxes and everything that will come from any car or any gift that he gives them. Like, like I said, he's just like, he's a smart businessman. He calculates everything out. And he's like, this is the object. This is like, you know, the prize I'm giving them. And this is exactly how much money I need to give them under the table so that they don't have to pay any taxes on it. Like yeah. he, he thinks his content through, like this is planning. And yeah. I appreciate that. I think, um, I don't know, also someone with that much money, like there are so many other things you could be doing besides giving people a free Lamborghini. Like true, true. you could be taking care of the homeless problem in Los Angeles. Cause there are plenty of or charities that could use the money that you have to help out with that. Like I get like, you want to save the ocean. You want to plant trees. That's nice. But like where you live, there are problems within your community. And I feel like he could focus on that, but I'm not his financial advisor. He don't know me. You know, I'm just saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm just saying, but yeah, you're right. And uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. I feel like I've said all I've wanted. I have to say one last thing. One last uh-huh. thing. This is a quick one sentence thing. <sighs> Please don't make me have to watch the Hawkeye series that's coming out on Disney Plus. Please. For I the lo- about that. For the love of all oh things holy gosh. and good. I have said this podcast multiple times. I will put my foot down with this. The fact that Hawkeye is still canonically alive in the MCU oh is a hate crime. Yes, um, it is. And it's coming out. Jeremy I think it comes Renner out in like two person. weeks. It comes on like two weeks. Why is Jeremy Renner and Chris Pratt still in the MCU? See, Chris Pratt, I un- like. Okay, no, not defending Chris Pratt at all, but like from just like a business perspective, I understand Chris Pratt because Guardians of the Galaxy. People are absolutely in love with that, so I understand that. I cannot a- give you a single. I cannot give you a single reason why jimmy Reiner is still part of the mcu yeah like he's he was abusive towards his wife and he's not even that good of an actor either no he's not there's a reason he's relegated to the guy with the bow in the background yeah also like chris pratt like i listen i must have been the only person who didn't like guardians of the galaxy because it just wasn't i was the only person who didn't like guardians of the galaxy apparently okay because I watched the movie and I was like, uh-huh, okay. And I watched the second one and I was like, mm-hmm, interesting. But I didn't really like, it wasn't really it for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The women in the movie are a lot more interesting. Like Mantis, I want to see more of her. And oh, like absolutely. Nebula and Gamora. Those three, those three, those three. I want to see more of them in the movie. But Drax and Star-Lord, they can kick rocks. I do not care. No, I'm going to say, so one, I think most people, most people agree with you, one, that Mm -hmm. those are the most interesting characters. No one watches Guardian of the Galaxy for Star-Lord and for Drax. They either watch it for Groot and Rocket, or they watch Mm -hmm. it for, like, Gamora. Or, like, maybe Gamora and Nebula, depending, depending. That's what people watch it for. However, unfortunately, they're kind of like a package deal at this point. Like, it would be definitively very awkward if Chris Pratt was no longer there. Well, Thor could kill Chris Pratt and then he could take over the Guardians. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, absolutely. With, with, with everything that's happening on the internet and everybody just like, <laughs> here's the thing, right? This all started because someone did a stupid little tweet asking, who's your favorite Chris? And then he got all upset and he texted the group chat and then suddenly 
Mark Ruffalo, Zoe Saldana, Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr. They're all posting these stupid, stupid posts online. You're like, Chris is an amazing man. Chris is a phenomenal man. Robert Downey Jr. posted a picture where he had a Photoshop Tom Holland out of the middle because he had no other pictures with Chris Pratt. He could only post that one picture. That's the one picture he has with Chris Pratt. And he posted that Instagram like, Chris Pratt is a phenomenal man. He's a family man. He's great. And then this guy posts these weird pictures recently with his wife, his new wife, talking about how I'm so happy you gave me a healthy daughter. I'm so happy I have you in my life. I wake up to you in the morning. Da, 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 da. When Anna Ferris, who has a developmental order disorder herself, and her son has a developmental order as well. And he doesn't even see his son talk to Anna Ferris. And the reason why he left Anna Ferris and loved her was because she was a Christian. But you knew that when you were with her. You never mind. Let me be quiet. Let me shut up. Also, Chris Pratt, he is not known as the most faithful man, even though he's seen as a faithful man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So y'all have fun with that. Y'all have fun with that. Oh gosh. Also, he's gonna be voicing Garfield. And uh, 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 Mario, why is this man? Oh, oh, shoot, shoot. Who is it? I saw a meme today about if we like take out this one person that we can get a better actor for Mario. Um, cross fingers, cross fingers. Anyways, isn't it? There's this guy, there's this one actor I need to look up. Uh, he was on the show called Baby Daddy on ABC Family, aka Freeform. Baby Daddy, he looks just like Chris Pratt. And I feel like if we replace him with Chris Pratt, nobody would notice. Derek Feller. That's the same. Derek Feller, last name spelled T-H-E-L-E-R. Okay. If we replace him with Chris Pratt, nobody would know. Who's going to know? They're going to know. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. They're not going to know. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? How would they know? Because if you look at What are they going to do? Watch the credits? Or like, look, he looks like he looks like Chris Pratt. He kind of gives me he gives me Hemsworth vibes, kind of. Yeah. If we replace this man with if we replace Chris Pratt with this guy, nobody will be the wiser. Hold on. Which one is it? This one and this one. Okay. You see, you see him. Corporate needs you to find the difference between these two pictures. <laughs> There is no difference. They're the same picture. They're literally the same picture. He looks like Chris Pratt, but a bit better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look at this guy. He's very, he's giving me Star-Lord vibes. Exactly. He's giving me Star-Lord vibes. Maybe we should give him a chance. You know what I mean? Call him up. See if he's busy. He's probably free. He's probably got some time on his hands. Look. Yeah. Look at this. Look at the stature. This man is tall. Jesus, look at his head. Me the door frame. How tall is he? Like 6'4"? I don't even know. Oh my gosh. He's tall. Dang. Dang. Let's go see. 6'5". Six 6'5"? Five. Six five? He's definitely taller than Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's like 5'2". <laughs> Actually, no. Look, up, <laughs> look, look how tall Chris Pratt is, because I guarantee you it's not higher than 5'10". Okay. Chris Pratt's good. short, and you cannot convince Chris me otherwise. Pratt height. 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. There's no way. He's 6'2". Chris Pratt gives me very much 5'11". How is he taller than Chris Evans? How is that possible? It don't even matter. Because Derek... It don't even matter because we have Derek Thiel. Listen, I got his agent on the phone. 
I'm just letting them know. Y'all may have started filming for Guardians of Galaxy 3. You gotta stop filming. You're gonna have to pause. Actually, no, actually, no. They don't actually have to stop. Just you all you need to do is kick Chris Pratt out. Just give um Derek the new script mm-hmm. and just have him go. And I guarantee you not a single person will notice that, that was a mid um movie actor change. They do kind of look alike too, just a little bit. That's the same picture. That's the same picture you just showed me. That's the same picture. That's the same man. He just he just went his wave differently one day. Look at that hair floop. He just did it differently one day than the other. They they look very similar. I feel like if you do a little thing in uh, the Guardians movie where like he gets kidnapped a little bit, you save him, and then you just pick up Derek, no one's gonna notice. No one's gonna. No one's gonna know. This is not, not like the Aunt Viv situation. This is completely different. Yeah. This 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 will work. This will work right here. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, now that we've complained about Marvel for daily <laughs> 15 minutes. And now that you know I'm not going to watch the Mario movie or the freaking Garfield movie that's coming out because Chris Pratt wants to destroy everything I love. <laughs> everything I love. Everything I absolutely love. I might start liking Mondays after this. Who knows? You might, what? I said I might like start, I might start liking Mondays after this just uh, because of that. Just because of that. Yeah. Same here. All right, guys. Well. That was our episode for this week. We appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to follow us. Support us at anchor.fm. You can support us for 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month, whatever is cool with you. Feel free to follow us on Spotify and on Instagram or wherever you may find podcasts. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to drop them in our Instagram DMs. We love to hear from you. And that is all for tonight. Uh, you can find me at anything in the description and glenn's all of his socials will be in the description as well and we'll see you guys in the next episode yeah bye guys have a nice day have a great day bye